Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the LMU Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Cass, and I'm very happy to have you here for yet another week of the LMU Basketball Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network where we cover all your L.A.-based teams here on the Believe Podcast Network, L.A.'s number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in L.A. and more. We believe in our L.A. teams. Do you believe? And welcome into the program, everybody. Once again, I'm your host, Jesse Cass, and Really excited about this week's episode. We have a great one on tap with a really good guy, former LMU player Shamar Johnson. He's still well connected with the program at a lot of the ball games, and uh, he's a really, as we've mentioned, great guy. Really good conversation that we think you're going to enjoy here for this week's show. So we talk about uh, the current team. You know, I mentioned he's so close with them. His time at LMU, he played two years from the 2015-16 season to the 16-17 season. Uh, and had some good success here with the program. So we talk about that, his relationship with head coach Mike Dunlap, uh, and, and a lot more as well. His uh, his desire to play basketball over football, where he had uh, big-time offers, was touted as a potential professional player, uh, originally committed to Louisville, and instead chose to go the basketball route, uh, where his true love in the game of basketball. So we talk about all that really exciting stuff, as we mentioned. So uh, that'll be coming up in just a few moments. Uh, as we like to do at the beginning of the show, I want to get you caught up with everything that happened in LMU basketball within the past week. Uh, so where we left you off last week, LMU was coming off a 74-70 to win against Pepperdine. They had two games on the road, uh, really their only long extended road trip of conference play. Everything else is kind of divvied up and split in between home and road. This was two straight on the road, so a long road trip from Wednesday getting back to LA on Sunday. Uh, not too far for the Lions, though. They drove down to San Diego, took on the Toreros on Thursday. Uh, very close back-and-forth game. Uh, Lions, though, fell short. Final score was 71-58, to but not quite indicative of how close that game was. Uh, the Lions were within four with about a minute left to play. Uh, and then, you know, a basket, technical, a couple of things happened down late, which really made that score look uh, worse than what it was. But the Lions fought really hard, and they did so uh, while losing one of their better players in the process of that game, Joe Quintana, who's been coming on and playing so well. Uh, sprained an ankle, uh, missed the second half of that game, and missed the subsequent game against Santa Clara as well. Lions will hope to get him back soon, and hopefully for this upcoming week with a couple of other uh, exciting games coming up on the schedule. So Lions dropped that one in San Diego, but they were able to rebound uh, in their matchup against Santa Clara once again on the road. Uh, they didn't get off to a great start in that ball game. And in fact, they trailed 19-5, to uh, but they were able to, to dig in defensively, did just enough to kind of claw their way and stay in the ball game with their defense. Uh, they were trailing by just nine at the half, 38-29. to And then the second half, it was, it was a completely different game. Tale of two halves. Lions went on a 15-0 run. 
They got hot from downtown, which has been, you know, an inconsistent area for the team this year. But they found their range from long distance. Their defense, which has been a strong point all year long, uh, really stepped up big time. And this LMU team, we mentioned their defense. They're number 16 in the nation in terms of scoring defense, holding teams to an average of uh, 62.7 points per ball game. So one of the best defenses in the nation, and they showed it in that game against Santa Clara. So they really came to play. And uh, really the hero of that game, there were many. Uh, James Bateman back with 20 points once again. Matthias Markison with another strong game, 13 points and six boards. Jeffrey McClendon with his usual dirty work, doing a great job defensively as always. He also chipped in eight points out of the steal, four rebounds. But really I think the star of the game was uh, was Damian Douglas. You know, D- Damian, the freshman, drew the start with Joe Quintana, missing the game with that sprained ankle that we talked about. Uh, and he played a marvelous game. And when you think about the context of it, it makes it all the more impressive. Uh, you know, didn't really indicate what had been going on with him, but he had found out prior to the game that his grandfather had passed away before the game, which we mentioned just makes his performance all the more incredible and emotional, but he played an inspired basketball game. He's such a talented young man, and he was really a superstar in this ballgame. 16 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, 4 steals, and just a marvelous job in shutting down uh, Taj Eady and helping shut him down. One of the best scorers on Santa Clara, averaging over 16 a ball game. Eady went 3 for 13 from the field and scored just 10 points in the game. So Damian uh, we obviously want to send you know all our thoughts and prayers to him and his family for you know going through this tough time and, and losing a loved one. We know how how difficult that can be, uh, but just a, a really inspired effort from him uh, and just shows just the kind of character that that he has and how he was able to gut that out. I was able to to talk to him post game, which is when we found out the news. But um, just a, a really strong and inspiring performance, as we mentioned. So uh, as mentioned, our thoughts and prayers go out to Damon and his family. We know that he'll uh, be playing in honor of his grandfather the rest of the year as well. Just like he said, he dedicated that game, that win against Santa Clara to his grandfather. So, of course, uh, as we mentioned, thoughts and prayers to him. Rest in peace to his grandfather. And, uh, you know, just kudos on an incredible performance from Damian uh, in the win for the Lions. It was a 69-61 to win, putting LMU at 15-6 and overall and 3-4 and in the West Coast Conference. Uh, right now, the, the standings just jam-packed you know Gonzaga's at the top right now as expected but uh, you have everything else as a jumble from there right now uh, San Francisco uh, and St. Mary's BYU are up near the top LMU just a hair behind where you know San Diego half game behind them they're tied with Pepperdine Santa Clara's nearby as I said it's it's going to be like that all year long so don't get too glued to the standings just yet uh, just know the Lions have uh, played a lot of good basketball and they have a lot more good basketball up to come We'll break down their schedule for the upcoming week following our conversation with the man we told you about before, Shamar Johnson. Uh, his teammates, uh, when he played here, referred to him as show. So it's showtime right now. Here's our conversation with Shamar Johnson. Hope you enjoy it. I'm now joined by my guest this week. It's a former LMU Lion, Shamar Johnson. Shamar, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Shamar. Uh, you obviously played here uh, for, for two years. Um, we talked to your teammate and good friend, Autumn Jacko, last week. Uh, what was it like for you to not only play with him, but just come to LMU uh, after also, like Autumn, playing on the, the junior college level and coming here to play D1? Um, it was big, you know, just having that dream all your life of wanting to get into the D1 uh, level and playing against that competition. You know, it was, um, 
a dream and once I got here, you know, kind of made that dream into reality. But it was definitely a good experience, you know, good competition, as you know, the West Coast Conference with uh, Gonzaga, BYU, uh, St. Mary's and all the other uh, teams. It was just a real great experience that uh, I was able to uh, come here and play. It was a blessing. Yeah, and, and we'll get into your, your career and how you got here and everything uh, in, in a little bit as well. But we know that you've been following the current team quite a lot. You're still around the team a lot, go to a lot of the ball ballgames. Uh, we were just talking a little bit before about how they're doing this season as we record this. 15-6 and six on the year, 3-4 and four in the West Coast Conference. What have you seen from the team uh, in the games that you've been able to watch and what you think of this year's edition of the team? Um, I definitely see a lot of grit from the guys, um, you know, um, watching the Santa Clara game as we were talking about how they start off uh, pretty slow, but down the stretch how they, you know, ended up pulling that game out and um, they was on a roll. So, you know, any road game is not easy. So for them to go into uh, Santa Clara and get that win, that shows a lot of grit for them. And uh, just playing for Mike Dunlap, you know, he's, he, he's going to, you know, get stuff done and he's going to make sure that his guys are ready um, and prepared for game time. So just uh, from my experience, you know, um, when I was here, coach, you know, making sure that we was all ready to go and everything like that was uh, definitely no problem. Um, and these guys are, are in the gym every day. You know, I'm here with most of them. Um, working with them, um, seeing them in here shooting. So, you know, you got guys that want to be great and that want to do something that this school haven't done in a long time. Yeah, and for, for you, you've obviously mentioned you were here, you know, finished out in the 16-17 season. So mm -hmm. some of these guys that are on the current team were your teammates and uh, obviously Jeffrey McClendon and right. T.S. Marks and Aaron Johansson. Right. What's it like to see them and their progression and their improvement and how have they changed uh, and gotten better in the years since, since you've been off the program? Um, it, it's great to see these guys, you know, develop and uh, get better each year um, while I was growing. You know, um, Jeff, when I was here, you know, he was more of a defender. Um, that was his uh, role, be a defender. But now it's just seeing him, uh, you know, be a playmaker and actually uh, score the ball. And, and um, Matias, you know, his footwork and just seeing how, you know, his body then develop and you know how strong he is now and just seeing what he's doing on the court it's a, it's definitely I knew they'll get there you know it wasn't yeah. it wasn't bad but about it because coach Dunlap is like I said is he's going to make sure that his guys are ready um but it's, it's just cool to see that these you know young men grew up you know to be men and uh Jeffrey you know going into his senior year now his senior year you know um to just see what he had done, you know, back then he used to uh, have them silly fouls and silly reach-ins and stuff like that, but just now to know, like, you know, when to reach and, you know, yeah. when not to foul and stuff like that, it's it's it's, it's great to see. Yeah, and, and Coach Dunlap has talked about how he thinks Jeff might be the best defender in the entire conference. Obviously, you're, you're a big man, so you don't, you don't have to go up against him individually a lot, mm -hmm. but just seeing him in practice go against your teammates and obviously oh, yeah. in game action. What kind of defender is he and, and just how good is he on that end of the floor? Man, Jeff is a, what we call is a dog. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he gets after it. You know, it doesn't matter what size you are. He's going to, you know, step up to the challenge. And um, he he just he just loves defense. You know, that was his thing before he got here and that's kind of what he 
um, identified himself as when he got here was a defender. Um, he didn't too much worry about scoring. He didn't too much worry about um, the other stuff, the playmaking. You know, he let Brandon Brown do much of that. Mm -hmm. He let, uh, you know, us do pretty much of the scoring and stuff like that. And, you know, he was just ready to go down there and lock somebody up. Yeah. Yeah, so it's – that's Jeff. Yeah. And, and as far as Matias, you mentioned that you've seen him when he was on your team. He was a freshman who didn't mm -hmm. get a lot of minutes, averaged about two points per ball game. You know, since then, he's averaging 11 and nearly eight rebounds. Right. Um, you mentioned you kind of knew that he had that in him, but just what is it? What have you seen in his progression that's let led him to that leap from not playing a lot to being a big contributor for this ball club? Um, I say definitely. You know, um, once we go, I look. Once I left, you know, it was somebody had to step up. Yeah. And, you know, once Autumn left and um, Stefan left, you know, somebody had to step up, and he was the next one to you know step up. So pretty much, it was. Uh, um, a calling for him, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, it was just something that you know, he knew that he had to eventually, you know, answer the phone for. Um, but you know, like I said, uh, I was gone for a little while, but I also seen him, you know, uh, hit the weight room hard. You know, that was one thing that when he was here, that was his problem. You know, it was kind of easy to move him around, mm -hmm. get him off his spots, and stuff like that. He was kind of like a leak when he first got here, but <laughs> you know. Um, him going to that gym, that weight room, and really, you know, pumping iron was um, really the best thing for him. And just uh, playing and working on his footwork, you know, his footwork wasn't the best when he got here, but now, you know, I can just see his uh, his development and what Coach Dunlap did with him and just seeing, you know, his footwork and where it got him. Yeah, and a lot of people may not, may not know, but Matias didn't really get started playing basketball until he was really a teenager. Right, right. Uh, so that development is even more impressive of what you're seeing now. And, you know, there's often a label for, for foreign players that they might be soft, but he's got a little bit of a, a mean streak in him, as I'm sure you knew in, yeah, in playing with him. For sure. You know, um, we, we, we had to kind of get that out of him when we first <laughs> got here, you know, because uh, when we first got here, you, and for a lot of foreigners, it's, you know, they're kind of they're shy, you know, they're, they're in America, they don't know pretty much, you know, what's going on around here. But once, you know, we started banging with him and really pushing him around, you know, he got kind of tired of it. <laughs> so, you know, it was a mindset for him to start, you know, I'm, I'm not going to let these guys start pushing me around, you know, I'm going to start pushing them around. And, you know, he's 7'3", so yeah. pretty much all thing he had to do is realize, to, you know, I'm 7'3", and I can really be a beast to yeah. any, any of these guys down here. So once he started doing that, and I started seeing a glimpse of that, you know, my senior year when he was here, um, towards the end of the season, we would just be in practice, and you know he would just catch one over somebody, and I just be like, like, wow, where did that come from? Yeah. You know, <laughs> so I knew it was gonna come, but um, like anything, it take time. Yeah, no question about it. And and just for some, you know, the overall team, as you mentioned, they're they're mm -hmm. doing really well this season. We were talking a little bit before the show, just how how tough the conference is. That's mm -hmm. been a common theme this year, but. Almost everyone in the conference is good this year. Right. LMU right now in the middle of the pack as far as the conference standings early on. But what do you think the ceiling is for this team and how far they can go uh, just the rest of the year? Um, tell you the truth, it's, I don't, it's no ceiling for them. You know, they can go the highest they want and, you know, be number one. Um, it just take teamwork and, uh, you know, a leader on the team to let them guys know that, um, you know, this is what we're going to do and this is what we're working for and, you know, we're going to get there. Um, 
you know, I, I think that this team have a great group of guys, um, freshmen all the way to the seniors. Um, guys been picking up the phone when they've been, you know, uh, called on. So, you know, it's just about them getting together and, you know, telling each other this is what we're going to do. Um, you know, right now they're at a point where, you know, they're in conference. Um, so it's not, you know, regular season anymore. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, this is the time where every game counts. So, you know, um, for them, they just have to, you know, grind it out one game at a time and, you know, just get, get them wins. Yeah, they're going to be back home this week. Uh, well, one at home, one on the road mm -hmm. um, with Pacific at home and BYU on the road. Uh, for you, were there any specific conference games that you looked forward to more than the others or when you were playing that, that really stood out to you? Um, no, not not really. You know, it was always good to play, you know, Gonzaga, BYU, St. Mary's, all the top teams. Yeah. Um, even USF was pretty good uh, my senior year. Uh, but it, I never, you know, put one game in front of the other because in conference play, I just felt like you shouldn't have to, you know, you shouldn't do that. You should just worry about one game at a time. Mm -hmm. And that's how you're going to end up getting to your mark. Um, maybe, if, you know, being number two in the conference, number three in the conference. It's, it's about, you know, each game. Because if you think about Gonzaga, when you got Pepperdine before Gonzaga, you're not going to be ready for Pepper. You're going to overlook you know? that other so, game. Right. So, um, me personally, you know, I just always, I felt like each team was the same. Um, and I was going to go out there and play, you know, one game at a time. Yeah. And, and you mentioned uh, Mike Dunlap getting the team ready and mm -hmm. always having, you know, the team well prepared with a great game plan. You know that you obviously played for him for two years and, you, you two have carried on a great relationship afterward, and you obviously stayed close with the program. Right. How did that relationship develop where you and, you know, his whole family have remained very close and in contact and really have a great relationship? You know, as a person, you know, Coach Dunlap is 100% behind his players, you know, um, basketball or outside of basketball. Um, I got the chance while I was here, able to get real close uh, to Coach Dunlap by being the team captain. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we had uh, meetings where it was just me and him, and we would talk about, you know, the team, myself, and you know, my family. And you know, he really cared about um, me as a person, just not me as a player. Uh, and I feel like that's what a lot of um, players don't get at certain schools. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of you know, what can you do for us and then get out of here, but Coach Dunlap really um, been by my side um, through some, you know, difficult times where, you know, I would think about giving up, but, you know, he he was there and, you know, he, he had my back, so, you know, I was just able to, you know, keep my head on straight and just, you know, um, keep playing basketball and get my degree. You know, that was his main thing about his players, you know, he wanted players to get their degree. And you know, so they can have something you know to look back on, and that's uh, that's what hit home for me. Um, to being the first one to graduate from college, and just having you know somebody that just cares about you, um, even if you know you're wrong, you know he's still there. You know he's not gonna leave your corner. Um, he's gonna get on you, but he's it's hard love, and uh, that's one thing I didn't have uh, growing up. So. Um, and even his family, down to his wife, to his sons, they all, to his daughter, 
uh, great people. I had great relationships with them too, um, and they're they're pretty much the same way. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's great to hear, and obviously something that gets you know overlooked. And in, in obviously the the moniker student athlete, you guys are are right. students as well. And as you mentioned, getting your degree right. something that just as much to be proud of as playing on that court as well. Exactly, exactly. You know, when you get out of college, the real world hits you. You know, yeah. when, when you're not <laughs> when you're not uh, you know playing overseas or you're not in the NBA. You know. Once you got out of college, you know, you're supposed to think that because I got this degree, you know, the world owed me something, but, you know, it doesn't. So you still, it's still a grind. It's still just like basketball, you know. You still got to go make something happen. You still got to have a plan. You still got a game plan. So, um, like I said, just having him by my side to even tell me some of those things just to let, you know, for me to get a step ahead before I got out of college was uh, was great for me. And, um like I said, I'm I'm not the best, uh, you know, as far as I post college of doing great and everything like that. But, um, you know, I have great people by my side, and I have, um, you know, a support system, so it helps me, you know, um, get through, you know, the times I need to get through. Yeah, no question of that. That's great to hear. And and going back a little bit, just before your time at LMU, mm-hmm. uh, you played uh, in junior college in Florida. Right. Uh, know that you also had big time interest as far as your your football career. Right. Um, you know, highly recruited tight end. Uh, so, w- what led to the decision to to choose basketball, and what led you to LMU coming from from Pensacola State College in Florida? Um, to tell you the truth, I only played football because my friends were playing it. Um, growing up, you know, I was pretty much growing up uh, by myself. I live with my brother. My brother was maybe 21 at the time, so he's yeah. still young. And you know, I'm I'm in high school, so um, me just going home all the time. It wasn't basketball season yet, so me just going home all the time, just going in my room, doing some homework, and then just pretty much sitting around the house, you know, while all my friends are, you know, at football practice, waiting for them to come home to do something. Really got boring, so yeah. um, that was pretty much my whole freshman year. Um, you know, until basketball started. So my sophomore year, I ended up um, like, man, I'm just gonna play football. I got tired of waiting for my friends, <laughs> and um, I ended up going out there. You know, I was, I was pretty much well. We had everybody pretty much in my um, class was big. We were pretty some big kids, and yeah. um, went out there and actually was you know pretty good. You know, uh, my first year, uh, I was on varsity, uh, kept it up. And then by my uh, summer year of um, going into my junior year, you know, I had uh, all these top um, coaches come and look look at me at uh, practice and stuff like that. So it was a lot going on. And, you know, at first I was like, hey, I'm going to go do this football thing. You know, I got major D1 schools coming to talk to me, you know, pulling me out of class and talk to me, coming to my house, talking to me and my brother. I was like, you know, this might be the way out. Um, but still knowing that, you know, my heart was in basketball, um, trying to get some of these schools to give me, uh, they let me play basketball also. Yeah. Um, but most of them wasn't, you know, um, letting that happen because just as far as, um, you know, I wasn't good at basketball. Not, I felt like, you know, I was the best player on my team and uh, in my city, but um, I just, they probably, they didn't feel like, you know, I was able to, you know, contribute contribute to their D1 program as um, then. 
And they so, probably didn't want to risk you getting, right. you know, hurt and not being able to play football. Exactly. So, um, you know, come down the stretch of my senior year, you know, I had I had a tough uh, decision to make. Either go to play D1 football or go to play JUCO basketball. And, you know, a lot of my football coaches gave me crap about, you know, <laughs> not going to play football. And, you know, I got told that, you know, you can go make millions, you can go do this. Um, you know, you can make sure your family's straight. And uh, it all sounded good, you know, but at the time I knew I wasn't even going 100% at practice in high school. So, you know, I sat down with my brother and I was like, look, you know, I really want to play basketball. But, you know, everybody was trying to force me to play football. And he just straight up told me, you know, whatever you whatever you with, I'm with. Yeah. And that's what really, you know, drove me to basketball because I thought maybe, you know, he wanted me to go play football to go, you know, to try to get in the NFL, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, to go make some money. But when he was behind me and told me, man, you know, go play basketball if that's what you really want to do, you know, I think it was like maybe the next week, you know, I ended up calling the coaches uh, at Louisville and I told them, you know, I'm going to decommit and I'm going to go play basketball junior college. Um, And from there, junior college was a great success. You know, we ended up um, winning the conference the first year, second year we lost. But uh, it's one of the best conferences in, you know, JUCO basketball. and I was able to go to the Mullins um, Top 100 camp yeah. um, this summer going into my sophomore year. So um, saying that is I went up there. And after that, um, <laughs> I kid you not, I got all the D1 offers that <laughs> I will ever wanted. Um, you know, and uh, LMU came across. Um, and at the time, uh, I didn't, I never heard of LMU at the time. Um, but you know, Coach Dunlap came down and um, we talked and he, you know, he recruited me hard, you know. He showed me a lot of love and at first I was, I was kind of skeptical because just of I never had nobody recruit me the way he recruited me. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the recruitment process, they pretty much tell you what you want to hear. Yeah. Um, Dunlap didn't, you know, he told me what, what is going to be, what the team is going to do, what we're going to do. And um, I was kind of skeptical about it, but then when, you know, all the other schools wasn't coming, you know, to my school like Dunlap was, wasn't calling me the way Dunlap was, Mm -hmm. wasn't, you know, checking up on my family the way Dunlap was, you know, I kind of started saying, you know, this guy is, you know, for me instead of, you know, for the program and the school, you know, you really want, you really want me for who I am. So... You know, with that being said, um, I came out here on my visit, never being on this side of the country. <laughs> you know, um, a kid from Florida that, you know, like I said, never been over on this side of the country. I came over here on my visit, and it, it was like heaven, man. I, <laughs> yeah, what, what was it walking on the campus for the first oh, time? Oh, man, <laughs> it, was, it was it was just beautiful, you know. You know, the school was on a hill over there by the bluff. It was just nice to see that. It was you know, just the grass looking nice and cut and just, it might, it might sound, you know, pretty funny, but, you know, coming from Florida, you don't see that. You don't see palm trees, yeah. you know, you know, the nice weather. Uh, 
and it was it was just it was a good time. You know, I had a real good time out here. You know, Dunlap showed me a good time out here. Um, the players kind of, I felt like I kind of knew them already when I got out here. So, you know, that was a good bond I had with the players. And then Autumn was also, um, I think his visit was the same time around my visit. So, you know, we were up here at the same time. And then we ended up clicking and uh, we got each other numbers. And uh, we was talking, I remember I was at my hotel room and I was talking, I was like, look, man, like you come in here, he was like, man, I'm coming. And I was like, it's a done deal. I'm coming. Like, wow, that's great. You know, yeah, I want to be a part of this. I want to, you know, I want to get away from, you know, Florida and what I got going on over there. So, and nothing, you know, better than that than coming, you know, all the way to L.A., you know. So, you know, that's how I got here. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great story to hear. And uh, interesting, similar, we, talk, we mentioned we talked to Autumn last week and, he had almost the exact same thing to say as far as the recruiting process right. and, and coach telling him basically what was going to happen rather than, you know, kind of fluff or what he would want to hear. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you just said the same thing. So is that refreshing as a player when you're probably hearing a lot of coaches telling you probably kind of some of the same things mm-hmm. and he's telling you something, something different, something real? Exactly. Um, like I said, you know, I was when he, he was telling me everything. This is how it's going to be. This is what we're going to do. Blah, blah, blah. I was just like, man, you know, uh, these coaches talking better, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's like, they're they talking way better stuff, but <laughs> at the same time, it's like, you know, all of them were saying that, then you get this this one guy that come in here and he's telling you, hey, well, I'm not going to sugarcoat you, you know, I'm not, I'm going to tell you the real, and this is how we're going to do it. Um, you get kind of scared, you know, because you're like, man, I want to go somewhere that's like, you know, like this, and they, they're talking about, you know, all this gear and all this, you know, crazy stuff, and, you know, you got an arena and, and stuff like that, and, you know, you come here and he tell you, you know, it's a small school, you know, um, you know, our gym, you know, holds probably, what, 4,000 or 5,000, maybe, yeah. you know, around that area, and you're like, man, I want to go somewhere that's, that's big, you know, big time basketball, and, but I just knew that, you know, the way he was telling me how he was going to get it done and what he was striving for. And my whole thing was I was coming from a winning program. So a championship was what I wanted. Yeah. You know, and he was talking that, you know, it wasn't all the other coaches was talking, uh, you know, like I said, our jerseys look like this, our locker room is like this, you know, we got an arena. To where this guy came in and said, you know, we're going to go to meat and potatoes and yeah. we're going to get it done and we're we trying to, you know, grow this program. And so, you know, that that's what drove me, you know, this definitely this way, you know. Um, and same thing probably, you know, like what Arnold said, you know, it, it's just good to hear real talk, you know, from a coach. No question. You know, because, um, Especially in football, <laughs> uh, football recruiting is, is really wishy-washy. You know, coaches definitely tell you what you want to hear to get you there. You know, they'll tell you anything as far as football. Um, but and, and I have to feel like for football too, as you mentioned, it's obviously on a grander scale just because there's more players to exactly. recruit in bigger stadiums. Exactly. But but for you when you were playing. You mentioned sometimes in practice not even going full out. Was that just the fact that you loved the game of basketball more and football wasn't really in your heart as much? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, 
I was trying to, you know, save myself for the basketball season. <laughs> and definitely, you know, you got football that end of December, basketball is already starting, and, you know, um, October, you know, November, area, you know, around there. So it's like we always made it to the playoffs, deeps in the playoffs. Either we're going to the playoffs or we're going to championship. Yeah. So, you know, for my high school, um, we, you know, we were the football team, I mean, football program, school, you know, um, that's just what it was. You was expected to go all the way, play all the way to like December 4th. And, you know, me, I'm like, man, basketball right around the corner. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to hoop. So yeah. I don't want to end up out here with a broken shoulder or <laughs> a, a messed up knee just from practice, you know, or something like that. So, you know, I kind of just let, you know, ease up sometimes, you know, in practice. And I knew I wasn't giving my 100%. And that was something I always, you know, used to talk about. Um, to my friends, you know, you know, I'm, I'm not giving 100 percent, you know, because of basketball, and they understood because they know um, what you know what I was doing with basketball and the program. How, how you know from my freshman year, we went from I believe our record was 10, 10 and 16, maybe 10 and 17. Mm-hmm. Um, going into our first, I mean, my sophomore year, going into we went like 21 and. And I think six, and then by junior year, going to like 27 games and like uh, I think four losses, going to my senior year, um, 30 wins and two losses, going to you know a championship, state championship. Um, yeah, that's a great steady yeah, progression. Yeah. So they seen what we, you know, what I was doing on the basketball turn. I mean, you know, uh, basketball court. So they they understood, but my coaches were always football coaches were always see and be like. You know, you got you. You know, you gonna be a you know a great tight end. You gotta go 100. percent It was just like, man, I, this is not what I want to do. And basketball season is right around the corner, so <laughs> nah, I'm I'm good. I'm off that. Yeah, and obviously you mentioned the detailed the process how you you got to LMU, you came here and you know instantly became a starter for this team. And right. I think it it worked well in the fact that not only were you a junior college transfer, but we mentioned Autumn, Brandon mm-hmm. Brown, you know, a couple others that that were on that team so almost instantly guys had a, a veteran team and, mm-hmm. and one that had similar experiences up and down the roster right right you know um brandon brown came from a winning program uh, autumn came from a, a good um program winning program vt came from a good winning program so you know that was our mindset when we came into here and we kind of we kind of um clicked up you know we was like we the jc boys yeah so, you know, we, we kind of hung out, like, pretty much uh, all together a lot, a lot, you know, far away from uh, the team when we wasn't with the team. Uh, we would hang out a lot, and, you know, we would just talk about, you know, what we want in these two years. And, now, you know, that was definitely to get in the tournament mm-hmm. and, you know, to possibly, you know, win a, championship, a national championship. And um, that's one thing that, you know, I feel like, um, you know, these guys and – what that's at LMU now definitely should be talking about just to build that culture, mm-hmm. um, that winning culture. You know, that's that's something that that starts from the locker room talk. You know, you know, or you know, at the dorms. You know, you talk about winning. You talk about championships. You know. Well, it's, yeah, it's got to start with the players and the coaches exactly. to believe it first before you know anyone else can believe it. Exactly. You know, um, Jeff got that mentality. You know, Matias got that mentality. And, you know, they're giving it to the other guys, you know, the young guys, the freshmen, the sophomores, 
um, you know, they letting them know that, you know, y'all got to keep this going. Yeah. This, it don't end with us, you know. Um, they had a credible record, you know, in a regular season. But the next year, y'all got to do better. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't go back. Keep going forward. You know, let's get this LMU name out there to, you know, to the world. That, you know, for the people that don't know about us and the people that do know about us, let's get them on this, uh, you know, on this uh, bus with us. Yeah, no question about it. And uh, one thing I've always wanted to ask you about, mm-hmm. um, you were always a, a solid free throw shooter for a big man, mm-hmm. but you had an incredible percentage in the clutch. Right, what right. happened in those clutch moments where you were able to lock in? Because <laughs> I remember there were multiple games for whatever reason, you would have the ball in your hands and end up getting fouled in right. clutch situations and it almost always come through. Whereas from jumping up from, you know, mid 60% up to like 90% exactly. in the clutch. Um, definitely, uh, you know, it, it comes from, i say definitely winning throughout my life. Yeah. At the same time, just wanted to win and, and focus in. But, you know, I'm going to give that credit to Coach Dunlap, <laughs> you know, having us in here shooting, you know, 300 to 400 free throws. Um, and then, you know, uh, making scenarios to where we end up practice, you know, to where you're down one or you're down two and you got to make these two free throws, you know, um, to win and stuff like that. You know, I'm going to give that credit to him because, like I said, you know, he pushed us and he made sure that we were ready for the moments. No, that, that, that's awesome to hear. And um, before we start to wrap this thing up, mm-hmm. who are some of the – are there any games or moments that stick out to you in particular from your career here at LMU? Uh, definitely. Um, San Diego at San Diego. I love mm-hmm. playing there. You know, I always felt like I had, um, I don't know, it was just something about San Diego when I went there. You know, I just played real good. Um, and uh, Santa Clara uh, at Santa Clara, um, that was definitely uh my senior year, I remember playing there. I had a real good game, um, and it, it stood it stood out to me. Uh, them, them them two, Santa Clara and San Diego. I don't know. It was just something about them gyms, you know. When you step in there, good lighting, maybe. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, but and that's right on. You know, on theme. We were just you know the team was just there this past exactly. weekend in both of those gyms. So exactly. And, you know. Um, I, I got a chance to watch a little bit of Santa Clara and a little bit of San Diego. And, you know, um, I was just looking back and thinking, like, man, I remember when I was on that course, man, <laughs> I was definitely giving them, uh, them guys a couple, you know, some problems. But, you know, uh, then again, you know, I seen uh, where, you know, a couple of them guys, you know, that's playing now did also the same thing. So, you know, they probably got the same feeling I had. Yeah, and you obviously had a chance to play against some big programs you mentioned the Gonzagas and BYUs. We had oh yeah, we had UConn coming here, and you're oh, obviously yeah. originally from Connecticut. Was that special in a way as well? Oh yeah, definitely, man. You know, I got Connecticut uh, UConn tatted on the back of my uh, <laughs> my arm here. You know, they they gave me a problem with that. You know, <laughs> what you wanted to come here or something? I was like, no, you know, I'm from Connecticut. You know, it's just something. Um, you know, people that get tattooed like what they do. You know, they who they from? Yeah, right from um, hometown. Yeah, you know. so. Um, but yeah, that Connecticut game, man, that was that was a real. I, the, the fans, you know, they came in. The student section was was real lit. Um, and, you know, that's one thing. You know, uh, digress a little bit and go back to I think it was the Pepperdine game. Yeah. And here, just uh, a few weeks ago, where the 
the student section was was crazy. Yeah. You know, and that plays a big part um, in games. But you know, but even going to the Gonzaga game, that Gonzaga just having you know they whole crowd sitting there going, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> you know, it gives you goosebumps, man. Yeah. It, but you know, it's also you know something that players look up to. You know, they be ready for that game. You know, but I I loved it all. You know. Uh, to the big games, to the small games, you know, just sometimes you look out there and you watch, you know, your school play, you're like, man, I wish I had another year. Yeah, no yeah. question about it. And and as you mentioned about the fans, obviously when, when the students show up in force, this can be a really tough place to play. So oh, yeah. that's got to be something along with, you mentioned the players wanting to build the expectations of the program exactly. and keep building them for the fans to kind of make that environment more consistent and do that often because it can, as mentioned, it can make it a big difference in exactly. this arena. It definitely can. You know, you know, BYU, they definitely got great fans that do, that do that every, you know, year. Um, and it's hard to, you know, get a win in BYU yeah. uh, just because of their fans. You know, they got, what, 20, 22,000? Yeah, it's NBA-sized arena. So, so <laughs> you, got, you got people, you know, yelling and you can probably hear the person all the way up to the top, you know. <laughs> Um, but you know, if we, you know, we could get that. It would definitely we could get that every game, and it would definitely make a you know a, a difference in this gym here because it's small, so it's real loud in here. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, if that's one thing you know that we can get, and we can just get them, um, the students and the fans to just uh, stick with us and support us. You know, it can definitely change. You know, this this coaching. Yeah, no, it's been obviously a great start to the year. Mm-hmm. 15 wins for the team, and you know that you've been around and helping out. So, you know, you're you're always a big part of the Lion program. And mm-hmm. Jamar, we're just, you know, real appreciative of you, of you coming on. and Welcome back anytime. I well, appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And that was our conversation with Shamar Johnson. We thank him so much once again for coming on the show. And we thank you for, for once again tuning in here to the LMU Basketball Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Upcoming for the Lions this week. Mentioned it a little bit earlier, but back at home after that two-game road trip, they'll be hosting the Pacific Tigers. Uh, that'll be a 7.30 p.m. tip-off for the game on Thursday, January 31st. The 15-6 and 6 Lions against the 12-10 and 10 Tigers. LMU at 3-4 and 4 in the conference and Pacific at 2-5. and 5. So LMU will host Pacific, then they'll head back on the road and take on the BYU Cougars. Uh, BYU at 13 and nine overall in the year right now, five and two in conference play, and the Cougars much stronger team at home than they are on the road, and uh, understandably so. They play in an NBA-sized arena. They pack that thing with about 18,000 fans, so it's a tough place to play. But it'll be a a fun challenge for the Lions team coming up this week to close things out. That'll be Saturday, Saturday February 2nd for that ball game for the Lions two WCC contest this week and. Right now, I want to let you know that if you do enjoy this show, uh, we're going to be keeping them coming every single week. So uh, to be sure to tune us in wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We're here on, on Apple and iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can also find us at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. And at Believe Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram as well. Be sure to rate the show, subscribe, review. Uh, all of that will help us out in the long run as we keep this thing going. But uh, once again, thanks for tuning in. We want to thank, uh, again, Shamar Johnson for joining us. We want to thank you for being a fan of LMU Basketball and the LMU Basketball Podcast. We'll see you again next week. 
Keep on believing. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.